Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny SD. Hey everyone, this is Johnny and welcome to episode 129 of the Travel Like Boss podcast. Back in Chiang Mai and I'm here with Harold Ho. What's up, buddy? Thanks for having me. Dude, I'm excited to be back in Chiang Mai after uh, a crazy four months in Europe. So I want to talk about that. But first, let's talk about how we met and why you're here in Chiang Mai. So yeah, we met roughly an hour and a half ago now. Um, we were at Pun Space. Uh, saw Johnny, thought I had to introduce myself, and then he asked me to go take, eat lunch with him and kind of just told him my story. Um, and yeah, and here we are. Um, do you want me to just go well, actually, myself? Well, you know what? First off, let me apologize to everyone for not having an episode for the last two weeks. I normally never try to miss a, a week. It happened before, over Christmas. I was in South Africa, and this time, it was mainly because I thought, so I brought all my, all my recording setup with me on the cruise, and I thought, man, there's gonna be so many people here to to record episodes with, I have all this free time, it's gonna be cool. But I could not find a single person to, to do an episode with. And I wrote about it, so if you guys check out johnnyft.com, my latest blog post is like 12 days on a celebrity cruise ship. So you guys can see everything I did there. Uh, and I'll, you know, I'm, I'm gonna talk about that a little bit more later on. Mm -hmm. But there's a huge difference between like the mindset and the community of people that you meet while in places like Chiang Mai, as you do pretty much anywhere else in the world. And it's yeah. crazy. So um, before we get to that, where are you from and why are you in Chiang Mai? Yeah. So like Johnny said, my name is Harold Ho. I'm from California, Bay Area. Um, yeah. So pretty much was working full time doing you know basic service jobs being a waiter barista going to school full-time um i was in the middle of applying to university in uh, seattle um pretty much just got burnt out you know uh figured that it wasn't life for me working these many hours a day yeah sure i'd make more money um but i don't know i just couldn't find time in the weeks anymore and started to look for different other different options in life you know and i was i came across uh, almost got caught into the whole MLM scheme and that's where I read uh, Robert Kiyosaki's book about you know rich dad poor dad and it was like the first time I've heard anything about you know passive income being able to you know free up your time and that's something that really resonated with me um, long story short I, I knew the MLM MLM thing was a kind of like scam for me so I just went on the internet and just started searching up things yeah. that's cool that it led you here because it's one of those things I, I think the the I would say the only positive thing about MOM mm -hmm. and but the reason why I wouldn't do it yeah. is it, it's for people who are self-starters that want a different alternative to make money instead of having like a normal job yeah and they want to be their own boss they want to be an entrepreneur and unfortunately MLM companies know that so they sell people on that idea of yeah. being your own boss working from home the only problem with MLMs is there's no actual product yeah exactly like they're not like it, I think if if a company like let's say Apple, mm -hmm. right, that has a good product, if that like if if they instead of doing like the normal advertising techniques, they mm -hmm. used network marketing yeah. to sell Apple products, it'll probably be fine because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, people have a great product they really like, mm -hmm. and I think that's why some of the like the the like makeup brands, um, yeah. I, I don't even know what they're called, like but Mac and um, I don't know, just I don't, I don't Sephora. Know. Well, I don't, I don't think those because those have retail stores, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like the ones that only sell um, through network marketing, like Mary Kay. Mary Okay, yeah, yeah. I think those do okay because there's an actual 
actual product that people want and i don't know anything about their products i don't know if it's overpriced mm-hmm. or um if it's you know or you know anything about it but I, I assume it's like a decent product probably comparable to the other ones you buy in a store yeah and people actually use it you know and people so, yeah, will yeah, actually yeah, use it yeah. so in those cases like the that network marketing works yeah but the problem with most 99 percent of mlm things is the product itself either doesn't exist at all and you're just selling the idea of other people being under you mm-hmm. or their product fucking sucks uh and it's just an overpriced you know thing uh that the only reason people are buying is because you're convincing your friends to buy yeah that's yeah pretty much i mean i think i almost got caught in you know, the reason why i almost got caught into it is because where i was at in my life at the time you know i was so burnt out i was just trying to look for a way out and the good thing i did a little bit more research about it because i knew i just something didn't feel right with me and then i mean i knew about mlm before but i think a lot of people a lot of times that even though they're aware of it if they're in that you know state of mind where you know they just need to find a way out anything's you know a viable option but yeah yeah i like it and that's i think that's why i like meeting people uh, through this podcast and interviewing them about like all these different ways to make money online mm-hmm. that actually work. Yeah. You know, and what's funny is, so you like with David Vu, remember, mm-hmm. I don't know if you listened, did you listen to that episode? Um, I think the, the first one, the first one. Yeah. Yeah. That was when I was like skeptical of him still. I was like, ah, I was like, I don't know if this eBay arbitrage thing works, mm-hmm. you know, but I've read enough things about him and his program. I was like, I was like, it seems like the students that are saying that they're making money from it are legit. So let me get this guy on the show. Let me like pick his brain. And to me, it's one of those things where I, most of the time I'll say like 99% of my guests are people that I've already met in person. I already know they're legit. So I just want them to share the story. Yeah. But it's also cool to have people like him on where I'm like a little bit unsure. And then I'm like, okay, let me like find out if he's legit. So yeah. I talk to someone for an hour. I can guarantee that I can figure out they're legit or not. Yeah, definitely. Just to verify, you know, what they're talking about. So what, like what they preach is what's yeah. real. Yeah. So I'm happy that I was able to share that because then people like you found it. And mm-hmm. then what have you been doing with his, his course? Yeah, so pretty much um, I actually signed up for the course around last year. Um, so gives a little backstory. I actually um, came out to Chiang Mai last year pretty much when I found Johnny's page and then I just pretty much followed his uh, guide to you know start with dropshipping. Long story short, didn't really work out too well for me. At the end of my uh, visa trip, I signed up for his course. It was, I think, on sale. And that's when I actually saw some, you know, I saw that, oh, this could work. And um, from then on, um, I, I had to go back home. I had some personal issues I needed to take care of. But I had my store pretty much coasting around like $100 a sale a month. And, you know, I didn't really work on it. And I think that verified the that this worked. Kind of thing. I like it. So... Let's talk a little bit about like when you were here in Chiang Mai last time. How long were you, how long were you here for? So I was here for roughly two and a half months. Okay. So running on like a three month visa. So you got a job switched up and running, but it but you had some complications with it. What, what did we learn from that? Yeah. So I think it was mainly the main issues were the timing and also the niche I was in. Um. So like I said, I started around October November, like right during the peak of selling just like the whole holiday season. And I was just getting my store out there, got my suppliers and everything. But the niche I chose just, it was really, like during this time, it was just really competitive. And all the like marketing wise is like doing AdWords and PLAs just cost was costing too much. And I wasn't seeing as much of a return. And yeah, that's like, those were the main issues. And like a lot of my items weren't, I, cause I didn't know, you know, keeping up with suppliers, the tracking and all like the inventory stocks. So I just had a lot of mistakes that first like two months and it was just, yeah. <laughs> so what advice to people who like want to get started? Christmas time is one of those, like those buying frenzies where if you have a store set up, it could be very profitable that month mm-hmm. because tons of people are buying stuff. 
And, and when I say Christmas, I don't mean like on Christmas. I mean yeah. like the couple of weeks or a couple of months before that when people are like sh- starting to shop for gifts. But the problem with it is people, especially after Black Friday, they are just clicking every ad trying to find yeah. the best price because they're used to these sales and then people were just like it, your advertising just goes crazy yeah so if, if someone is just starting then they have to have their funnel and the inventory like super tight or it's because it's kind of like getting thrown in like exactly to the pretty middle, much yeah yeah pretty much the middle of the ocean you don't know where to go because um i think um if i were to do it again i would start probably if you're planning on doing this around like the holiday season i would probably give yourself a couple like start during the summer months just so you can test out the water Waters, trying to go through the motions of like building your store, creating that sales funnel, just learning, going like learning the business because you know, you just having the store built up is just not. Even, it's just like that's like point, um, the starting point. You know, there's a lot of things that come up as you have a store running business. It's not. I mean, it's it can be a semi passive income, but for the first couple months, you have to treat it as a business and. Um, yeah, so just have something set up a little bit before then, and then you know. Yeah, I think that would definitely be the best advice. My only, my only uh, fear of recommending that is mm. people will put it put it off. They're yeah. like, oh well, you know, like it's another excuse for people. Exactly. Um, what I would say is just have it be a goal. Like for me now, uh, with um, currently on the David Vu's dropshipping course, my goal is to have pretty much everything set up by like the end of October, just right before you know the holiday season, like the peak of the season because um i've had my store running now for a while now but i've been taking serious over the summer months and learned things here and there and um just yeah just having it set up like but so you're already making money now from from that right yeah so right now i'm i mean i just started to see some sales like some actual traction past month after i've been like since here i got into chiang mai i'm around uh 300 and it's like halfway point of the month so i should be around 600 by the end of the month nice so, buddy yeah, yeah def- that's that magic number to live yeah, in yeah exactly that's exactly just once you get there you know it's just up from there you know anywhere so why do you think that being in chiang mai do you think it just happened that be- you know what do you call it is it a coincidence that you're in chiang mai and your profit went up or do you think being here something about being here has brought that up um for me my personal case is i think the main reason first is the fact that i kind of found that i failed the first time i came out here and this is my second time going around so it just gave me that much more of a motivation to really make it work and with the atmosphere in Chiang Mai the first time i just i didn't I think I was secluding myself too much. I was just grinding away. I wasn't really networking with anyone, you know? I was just trying to, like, make a name for myself first. Um, But I think being here the second time, um, I've met some people. I've even created a mastermind. And just having that sense of community is really beneficial to, like, just working on your business. Yeah, I I think that's a huge part of um, of being here. Uh, Let's try not to tap on the table because I I think people will get annoyed on it. But, um, (laughs) like... I think you creating that mastermind. Well, so two things I want to congratulate you with. All right, mm. first is coming back and yeah. trying it again mm-hmm. because you know even though you know you were only here for a couple of months and to me that like I, I never want to consider anything a failure. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you actually try and you do it. So it sounds like you know you went through the process of learning how to build a store and upload products. Yeah. You got approved by suppliers. You even made some sales. You know, and then you had all the hiccups with the inventory issues over Christmas. Yeah. Um, paying too much for ads and mm-hmm. things like that. But to me, that's a, that's a success because you not a success, but it's a learning experience. Exactly. You know, I yeah. think. But I think the the success is you saying you know what. Let me like like sit down. Let me like figure out what have I learned. What have I you know? What can I do differently? And you came back and you're like, and now you're profitable. Yeah. And to me, that's amazing because how many people will just give up and say, oh man, this doesn't work or it's not for me or you know, people have another excuse. 
Yeah, I think, and I think that's why I said um, I thank Johnny for a lot for that because I remember I was um, when I first started looking into Johnny's um, stuff, he was making around like five thousand, and over the months, all it, it just pretty much just went up from there. And I figured if I fail now, I mean, it's not gonna really show anything for it. You, I really, you really have to just. It's more of like a, a marathon and then anything, you know? So I just figured if I just keep at it long enough, I'd start to see some progress, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it, I think it's, it's it's awesome how like where you've come from so far. But I have a feeling that next year, I, I think this should be the goal. Next year, especially if you're still in Chiang Mai, but maybe on Europe or somewhere, mm-hmm. I want to follow up with you and, and see what you're doing. Because I, I, I really have a feeling you're going to crush it. Yeah, no, I, I know. I can really almost taste it now. Like, this is just like a little bit more, just get to that over that one hurdle. Just like being able to sustain your living in Chiang Mai, I think once you get to that point, you pretty much can like grow, like growth is just a really a viable option for anyone. So I'm sure you were making a lot more money uh, serving at the, the sushi restaurant and bartending, I mean, uh, being barista at Starbucks. Yeah. Versus like the money that you're making now online. But what's the, like, what's the difference? How, how does it feel collecting that Starbucks check versus like when you, when you make money through like your online income? Yeah. So I think I, I can remember it clearly when I, um, it was like, think last summer um i just i was making enough money where i could be going out i had time uh, i had money to spend but i just didn't have the time and i was just so burnt out from work and i realized that as i spent like i made more i'd spend more or i just didn't have time to spend and i realized like it just it was not working out for me so I think that from the, that's when I um, I pretty much just like sent my um, resignation and just I set I promised myself that was gonna be the last job I ever had and whatever money I make now is gonna be my own money and it's gonna be on my own time so yeah that's just I like it I, you know I think that's a good way to to think about how much you're actually making like Robert Kiyosaki in Rich Dad Poor Dad yeah. if you guys haven't read that definitely recommend it but one thing he talks about is the difference between wealth and let's say like and money right mm-hmm. so let's say you have a normal job and you're making three thousand dollars a month but if you or let's say you're working online and you let's say you're making a thousand dollars a month right so you're making three times as much working at a normal job but here's the the way to actually kind of calculate how much that's actually worth is minus all of your expenses and then put that in one column and then also put uh, put down how much free time that you actually have and then, as, then I'll say another column, put down how many of the hours worked did you enjoy or, or were they going towards something bigger in the future, all right? So I guarantee that if it was like a normal job, like 99% of people have back home, hmm. the first off, the number of hours out of those, let's see, 40 hours that they really enjoyed or that was really going towards like building more income for the future for them is probably pretty low. Yeah. You know, like when you're working, you know, as a server and as a barista, like how many of those 40 hours were you like, this is awesome. So happy being here. Yeah. So like at first when I was like, you know, getting a lot of tips, making money, it it felt good. But then after a while, it was just like, it wasn't worth it because I, after work, I would be so tired. I couldn't even like, I just like crashed in bed and the next day it would just be rinse and repeat kind of thing. And yeah, I had more money, but I was living in Seattle, spending $600 a month on just rent and didn't really have time. Like for not anything. having like your own apartment either. Yeah. Right? I, was, I was sharing it with like 10 other people and it was just, no, no, it was, it was because the house is there. It was, it was in the university area of the college and it was just like college kids, just like just 10 random people. I just like found it on Craigslist and it was just like we all shared two bathrooms and it was just yeah it was not a fun insane because for like for like pretty much half of that you can have your own studio here 
Yeah. With your own bathroom, with some privacy. Yeah, and the, the the place I'm at is pretty much bigger than the room I had back in Seattle. It's it's quick internet, free water, just paid electricity, and it costs I think yeah just a hundred dollars. It's like you no, know it's more that's more than hundred. It's more it's more than a hundred, but like I mean the base rent is pretty much just a hundred dollars. That's insane. Yeah. Okay, so what are your what are your living expenses here in, in Chiang Mai? Um, so I'm right now man I haven't checked, but like so far managing. I mean I've been eating Thai food for the most part. So been eating western probably during the weekends um i'm managing around like 500 600 dollars a month just living out here in chiang mai which is pretty much just just my rent back in seattle so that's crazy yeah all right so here's the here's the math for everyone right is if you're making three thousand dollars a month but then your expenses are you know like are close to that like that money left over that's what you're actually earning like that's actually yeah. you know the, that's your wealth at the end of the month that's your net net wealth at the end of the month so if you're making less than that uh or your expenses are higher you know some most people i think like their net wealth at the end of the month is like 200 bucks yeah like, that's what goes into savings right yeah and then number of hours that you actually enjoyed working you know in the beginning yeah i i, I for me too like when i have a new job i'm pretty excited you know mm-hmm. but then after that you know the number of hours i'm actually enjoying being there is very very few uh but then most importantly the number of hours i'm like investing into something else in the future either like i'm learning a new skill yeah or i'm building an asset that i can either teach later on or i can use that to turn into something else like when i'm like what you're doing now working for yourself pretty much 100 percent of those hours you're either learning something or you, you you're building something that you could sell later or you could do something with later yeah definitely i mean like my lifestyle from when i was working just a regular nine to five um is not really that much different than when um than now because i'm right now just in the process of just grinding out a business but the fact that i'm building an asset where i eventually want to be outsourcing this i'll be making the same amount of money but just not having those hours anymore so just think of it as just you're still just working but it's yeah i mean you can't outsource being a priest yeah exactly you can't just have someone like oh yeah can you work for me here and just give me the money it's like you know you can find another asian guy that looks yeah, like exa- him. no exactly and just, just pay him a little like, bit less pay him a little less just say hey yeah just this is how you make a co- cup of coffee but yeah that's it's been great so yeah yeah i like that um so man i've only been back in chiang mai literally for a day i just got back yesterday morning and already i love it like it's that feeling i, I can't explain it yeah and I, it was weird because i was i remember during your podcast in europe you were saying i don't know maybe uh, i'm gonna get start get start um getting tired of Chi- chiang mai seeing you know just like all these other places but now that you come back it's just like it's so hard to leave you know yeah i, I honestly i really was my plan was to go um back to europe in february right when probably like february 15th right mm-hmm. so the next nomad summit is february 3rd uh if you guys want to come out to that in chiang mai details later on like yeah. i don't know i'll yeah, probably I mean, have details yeah, later. Next, next next year next podcast maybe yeah. but um after that i was gonna just go back to europe and stay in europe Europe for the whole year. My plan was like, you know what? Love Europe. So many beautiful everything there. Everything. <laughs> it's like everything. You know? And I was like, I love it. But man, like I got back to Chiang Mai and instantly there's no stress. Everything is just easy. People are so nice. Yeah. The, the, the pace of life is slower. Yeah. I went and I came back to a completely empty apartment so I had to buy all new stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I went to the, the, the market and I bought all like a huge, like two bags worth of vegetables I couldn't even carry for like $3. It was 100 baht. Yeah, you know, and then I got my haircut for two dollars, and then I got my oil change on my my motorbike for like you know five bucks, and I so I think the whole day I spent like ten dollars, and I like I you know I have enough food now to eat for like a few days. I, my hair my hair is cut, my oils changed, like everything's taken care of. Yeah, that's the thing with Chiang Mai. It's just it's so easy. It's, I mean, it might be even too easy to live in, which is 
could be a pro and a con, I think, for a lot of people um, trying to get into this lifestyle. Um, because I remember when I first came in, it was just so easy to like, just let me just take a rest day. You know, it's so easy. I don't need to really work today. Um, so I think when you come here, you really have to have that mindset. And I think the community really helps just being on that, you know, work, work mindset for, you know. I like it. And that's why I, I was going to say that the second thing I'm really proud of you for is not only coming back and doing it again, but forming your own mastermind. Yeah. Like, because nobody, you know, nobody did the work for you. You were the one to be like, oh, you know what, this will benefit me. Let me find other people doing the same thing. Uh, this will, And what, what, like, how did you start it and what was your reasons? Yeah, so it was actually, I was thinking of a mastermind, um, of creating a mastermind for this group because I was just coming with so many issues that it was starting to get hard for me to, you know, progress further because I was just getting st- stuck on these, like, issues that just, I don't know, was inhibiting me from any growth. And um, I think David just up- he uploaded a new part of the course where, like, people were, they had a potluck and they were just talking about how a lot of the successful members were creating masterminds and i thought it would be a great idea especially since i'm in chiang mai and um right after that post uh, a bunch of people were trying to create masterminds and um someone from uh chiang mai actually posted saying chiang mai mastermind wanted and then i met this guy matt from uh, ireland and we just uh linked up and then just asked other people and now we have a pretty solid group we've had i think two or three so far and from there it's been progress every meeting nice so is this like inside like the discussion board inside the course yeah it was it was in the discussion board um she just posted no mastermind wanted in Chiang Mai and then I just added him on Facebook then we created a group on Facebook and just had some people be added to there yeah so if if you guys are in Chiang Mai if you guys plan to come me out and then want to reach out to you like what's, what's, what's the best way um I'd probably just I'm friends with Johnny now on Facebook <laughs> so he just added me um, so if you just search up Johnny and look for Harold Ho you should be able to find me and I'll, I'll have a link on. to it in the, yeah. the show notes um, yeah probably the easiest way yeah even and um, I forgot to mention even after that um, at Punspace uh, we met another guy named Freddie um, currently he's doing um, publishing but uh, he actually signed up for the course back in uh, during the time I did and um, he's just been coasting and now he's been he's been wanting to like take the store to the next level and it was just crazy that he just we just met him like literally the day of our mastermind and now he's part of it too so so, okay, I like yeah. it, man. So what's funny is um, I was listening to Planet Money. It's another podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. And their latest show was, oh, I don't remember the name of it now, but they were talking about um, this cat rug. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. But basically the, the title was about like a cat rug, but the owner of it was talking about how he how these dropshippers were screwing up his business. <laughs> have, have you listened to it? No, no. I, I, I follow the same podcast, but I haven't okay, checked let's it. Okay, let's see if I can pull it up. Oh, this is the one on NPR, right? Yeah. Okay. Let's see if you can find it on your on your phone as well. Um, but what I, like, so basically the, the what it was is people would, you know, basically follow exactly what David teaches. Yeah. But the, I think they were doing it through something called DS domination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that. Which I haven't been through, but I've, I've heard it's kind of like what David teaches, but with like software you have to subscribe to and then some kind of MOM aspect build it yeah so that's why i never recommended hit uh the other one but basically what they do is they find products on on amazon or other places mm-hmm. like david does and then oh no sorry on ebay and sells it on on find it on amazon it's on ebay. It's on ebay so the this this cat toy manufacturer was complaining that people would buy it then they would get they would return it after they found out that it was cheaper on uh, you know, directly through their site, or and or it would show up in an Amazon box, and the people mm-hmm. get pissed off. And this guy, this manufacturer, like chased down these eBay sellers and like try to get them to shut down and stop selling. And uh, and then eventually, this guy actually pulled his product off of Amazon because he was so pissed. Mm-hmm. But I was listening to it, thinking like, man, there's so many easy solutions, right? One is if people are selling it on eBay for twenty dollars more than you're selling it for on Amazon, why don't you just sell it on e- on eBay yourself? Yeah, you know, like and you and the second. 
it. It clearly shows that people are willing to pay more money for your product. So why don't you just raise the price of your product? You know, uh, and things like like little things like that. To me, I'm like as a as an entrepreneur, I. I, I only see uh, potential, you know, like, you know, like I only see like potential things you can do while this guy had that scarcity mentality exactly, yeah. and he was like just complaining and he was so pissed about it. Yeah, I guess for a lot of people, it just feels like even though the um, they could, there's like potential for an opportunity, how they see if you have a scarcity mentality, they just feel like kind of cheated in the sense, you know, and I think they just um, they just have too much pride in that. Yes. Yeah, so the episode was called Cat Scam and it was episode 724 of Planet Money but it also kind of shows how mainstream this is getting because they, yeah. they interviewed a, people, a couple people who are doing really well uh, selling you know basically eBay arbitraging I don't really like calling this I don't know I guess it's still called it's still technically drop shipping because you're not physically yeah. um, warehousing the items you know mm-hmm. you're just like ordering it from a site not necessarily Amazon it could be Lowe's or Home Depot or yeah. somewhere else but it shows that it's working and it also shows that you know to me it's like one of those things where it, this actually makes me feel that doing it like Anton's way is actually more viable in the long run yeah because if somebody searches one of their let's say let's say someone buys something from one of my one of my stores and they're not going to find it cheaper on amazon and they're not going to find it cheaper on um directly from the manufacturer because we're not marking up the price from retail to our price we're actually just selling it for that same price everyone else is selling it for yeah. so i think that's so that's one benefit it kind of eliminates that that arbitrage yeah um and you know they're getting it direct from the manufacturer instead of getting it through let's say like an amazon or a lowe's box have you had any issues with that at all with your um, products i've only had like one but other than that, not really. Uh, I've been mainly doing Home Depot, and they don't post any of their um, invoices in the boxes. Oh, no issues. But I, there are other um, students in the course that have come across this issue. I know Walmart, they stopped doing gift uh, gift invoices, so now everyone can see the prices. And I've seen a lot of people getting returns as of late. So, okay. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, that's why. Like, even you know, if you guys listen to that episode with David, or if you read my review on it on um, on my blog, I kind of warn everyone. Yeah. Like, this is not a long term sustainable solution, but there is money to be made, and it's very easy to start. Yeah. How I see it is, um, I mean, I eventually are. I'm planning to um take a different direction with my business it's just it's more of like a, a way to get into drop shipping or just online income with like training wheels in a sense because you're on some on someone else's platform just posting up listings and kind of just selling seeing if something sells so yeah it's 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 a great way to start but long term i mean there, i think i see a lot of potential issues that could come across because um I, I know ebay is tr- um, currently changing their algorithm like constantly every season so you know with any 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 business model that has like on a different platform there's always this risk and benefits yeah but even though there's all these downsides i almost don't see a reason to actually stop mm-hmm. because yeah. even if like let's say you know and it could happen tomorrow it could happen a year from now it could happen two years from now even if like let's say all that stuff changes first off there's always a, a like another way right yeah instead of you know like instead of buying it through walmart you can buy it from somewhere else you know or you can do you know, instead of you having it shipped direct from Walmart, you can have it go through somewhere else and have them, you know, reship it or, you know, whatever it is. There's yeah. all these, all these different ways, right? Um, but even if everything like blows up because you're not buying an inventory up front, you don't lose anything. Yeah. So th- it's almost like there's almost no real downside. It's almost like, like um, you get bailed out, you know? Yeah. And I, like I said, it's like a business with training wheels in that sense. And I think with any business really, like things are always going to be changing. The market's always going to be changing. So, I mean, as an entrepreneur, you need to be on your toes and just be willing to adapt to them um, to any change that happens 
Yeah. So, yeah. so I th- I would say for anyone who you know wants to get started and you know have those training wheels, I, I say I think that's yeah. a good analogy. Yeah. You know, and you know that you're not gonna spend like let's say three months and, and some money doing doing it like I, I don't want to say the proper way, but like the more sustainable way. Yeah. I'll say just do this. Just just start making some money because I, I would I would imagine that the biggest lesson that this learn you, you got from this not even just the money you're making, but that confidence that you get knowing I can follow a course, I can do what they tell me, and I can like actually see the money. Yeah, most definitely. Um, like that's what resident like worked for me because how I saw it was like there's not that many variables to fail. I mean, it was just mainly have as many listings, make sure they're ranking well, and then from there, just you know, anyone can buy it. And yeah, I like it. So, uh, what are your what are your plans? How long are you staying in Chiang Mai for? So right now, I'm not quite where I want to be as in terms of just money making and business wise. But um, in the next few months, probably I'm be- I'll probably be here to like end of December. Um, that's my goal to have my business actually completely outsourced by then because right now I'm in the position of just like growing it as big as I can right now and then outsourcing as once I build it to the point where I want it and then just go on from there just different ventures I like it man. Yeah. so I want to quickly talk about the cruise because that's basically the last episode I left you guys in Berlin. Uh, I was with my buddy Chris that was traveling. He's back in LA now, but I have a feeling he's gonna he's he's gonna come back to Chiang Mai. Yeah. <laughs> I think he, everyone he does. can't stay away from Chiang Mai. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's funny is um, so I came back yesterday and then I didn't know who was in town still because mm-hmm. everyone kind of comes and goes. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it seems like everyone's here. You know, I'm hanging out with my buddy Nick later today. We can do some jujitsu. Uh, I saw my 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 buddy Chris uh, Wachu, who's now doing a um, he's getting ready for a retreat with Corrugation in Bali, but he's in Chiang Mai. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Ye is still here. There's like and I, I, and Max, uh, the guy the, that was part of my yeah. my mastermind, uh, which we put on pause while I've been away, but I'll probably start it again um, next month or so. That's good. And yeah, everyone's still here. It's crazy. Yeah, no, I don't know. It's just crazy how like for me, like I met these people that just came around the same time I did and then are just happening to do the same thing. I mean, you really cross. I mean, it's it's the community's small but also like big in a sense i mean and the benefit of going to chiang mai is like if you're a digital nomad i mean almost everyone's like heard of chiang mai and you they always come back just because they know it's the place where all digital nomads meet up so i've been looking for an alternative to to chiang mai i almost feel like christopher columbus yeah i'm like sailing the ocean literally trying to find the next you know uh in like india or whatever it is yeah whatever he was looking for the spice yeah, islands, spice islands. <laughs> i've been trying to find the next like nomad hotspot so i keep going to the places everyone recommends right so mm-hmm. i first went to berlin thinking like okay that's always rated like number two on all the lists that has to be the good spot right mm-hmm. yeah and i go there and you guys can listen to the last episode but it's so overpriced the internet sucks like it's cheap it's the cheapest part of germany but that's not saying much you know that's like kind of saying like it's like the you know driest part of seattle right mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um and then someone told me they're like okay the secret spot is sofia bulgaria mm-hmm. you know and you know they're like it's cheap you have all the stuff so i went there and i was like okay you know what? it's okay but i think all the people who recommended it are bulgarian yeah <laughs> so you know they wanted like a reason you know it's to like yeah give them a little more exposure you know, yeah so you know i think people love their like their home country you know it's just mm-hmm. kind of like how filipinos love the philippines love the, exactly yeah you know like like, the, like you always hear from filipino people how good their food is mm. i'm sorry man you, like, no, I'm, <laughs> no I'm, I'm with you on that like it's funny here when when i heard you say that like it's it's just 
just i mean it's just even how it looks sometimes it just for me like we have like two types of foods like fried and just anything that's in a pot pretty much with and vinegar with vinegar yes oh my god who thought of vinegar as a as a seasoning i don't know i i it's just i think a flavor balance of just because a lot of the filipino food is like supposed to go good with like drinking beer i mean i think the same thing with vietnamese food because I'm, I'm half filipino half vietnamese and we just we just like drinking and then anything food that goes with it and they just somehow i actually that. like vietnamese food the only problem with the vietnamese food to me is there's there's only like 10 dishes yeah it's not even the dishes it's more like the flavor profile it's like a similar nook mom the fish sauce kind of flavor and then just in different variations in, in that way yeah like <laughs> i think like the first two weeks you're there you're like man this food is amazing yeah and then after two weeks you're like okay what else is there yeah and they're like no that's it yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've grown up on it, and I mean, I have my staples, so that's maybe that's why I don't get tired of it. Um, but yeah, it's it's the, a lot of the food's pretty like the same. Yeah, I think that's why I like Thai food so much is because there's so many different herbs, so many different spices that like, and like even curry, right? So yeah. having one curry, it's the only country I know where there's like so. Well, I guess India has India, different curries I mean, too. Yeah, but like you know, most of the time, like you know, you have like one you know kind of sauce, right? Yeah. But in Thailand, it seems like there's like 50 different types of sauces. Yes, yeah, especially like the northern. Thailand. Thailand, Southern, and all these different regions have their own like specialties. And dude, I, I miss Thai food so much. Oh, uh, really? Like, and it, it, it's stupid because I haven't even had Thai food yet. Since, I've been since, back. You, since you've been back. Since, well, I mean, today. I wouldn't consider it. Is that Thai food? It's only been a day. No, today mm-hmm. I had like, no, the, we had some noodle soup. soup. Yeah. Um, I didn't have the noodles. Yeah. And I, mean, I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is pretty much generic like broth soup, so. Yeah, it was just broth, some some, yeah, uh, yeah. some egg. But I gained so much weight in Europe. Yeah, so that's, that's funny because like summertime is supposed to be like, you know, straight up lean cutting time. And then it's like, it's your bulking up season. Dude, because it was not even bulking, it's just getting fat. Yeah. Because I was drinking so much beer because I was in like Belgium and like you know all the, Germany. Much all the European countries that just drink. Yeah, I was eating all this fried schnitzel. Oh, nice. Uh, Tons of potatoes, everything like in Poland, everything yeah. was like potatoes or dumplings. Yeah. And then on the cruise, my original plan was so the, the main reason why I want to get back in shape is when I go to Hawaii, I know mm. it's you know it's a oh, beach, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. I don't want to be like this fat fuck like in yeah. you know in Hawaii. <laughs> And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go on this cruise and I'm gonna eat super strict paleo, mm-hmm. right? And I know it's, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's a stupid idea to go on a diet on a cruise ship, you know, because the, f- yeah, the food's, the food's free. free. But in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna go on a diet, but I'm just not gonna eat any bread or potatoes. So, t- or dessert, mm-hmm. you know, and I thought one hundred percent like I'll be fine, right? Yeah. Like I'll just order like two steaks or something, and like some, you know, three salads or something, yeah. right? And that lasted about two days. Two days, and then you have yeah, because there's nothing to do on a cruise ship. Like your whole, have you been on a cruise? No. Okay. So I, I always dreamed about going on a cruise because I like mm-hmm. in my mind it sounds so awesome, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, what do you know about cruising? I mean, you go on a boat, stuck on a boat for a couple of days with this many people, and just. You know, you're like, stuck on a boat. <laughs> yeah, but it's like the the benefits of it is like it, it, everything's included, right? Yeah, yeah. So you have all this free food, you have all this entertainment. There's a pool, there's a gym, you know. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna have like two steaks, three sides for dinner, no dessert. I'm gonna crush at the gym twice a day because there's nothing else to do. And then you know, like because you know when I go to the buffet, I'm gonna be able to, be able to just pick and choose, right? Mm-hmm. But what ha- happens is you end up sitting at the restaurant for like two or three hours because there's nowhere to go and you're waiting for the show to start. Yeah. You know, and you're with your whole family. Uh, in my case, it was my mom, my dad, my sister, my niece, my nephew, my brother-in-law, his parents, my two cousins. And you sit at this table and everyone's ordering dessert and everyone's like, oh, try this, try this. Yeah. And then you just give in and like, ah. Oh, yeah, I mean, because you know? you're on a cruise, like 
this is you're trying to chill out and you don't want to be like on some strict routine or anything like that just do whatever kind of thing and even the gym at first i was like okay you know I have all this free time i'm just gonna crush the gym mm. but the problem is the first couple of days you're kind of like queasy because you're on this boat oh you know? yeah, like motion and, sickness yeah and it's like i don't even get motion sickness uh because you know i worked on dive boats all the yeah, time yeah but it's like you you don't feel like crushing the gym mm. you know you go there and you're like oh man like i like I want to go like seven out of ten, you know. Mm-hmm, like yeah. you know, you don't want to like push it too hard because mm-hmm, then you mm-hmm. then you then you will throw up. Yeah. So, you know, at the gym I was like stretching or like doing like really light weights. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't want to like run or any, I don't know. Like you just don't want to like do anything crazy, right? Yeah. And then at each port, you're like, oh man, I'm only in this country for like five hours. I gotta eat the food. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta have the gelato when you're in Italy. You gotta have some pizza and pasta. Mm-hmm. You're in Spain. You have to have some tapas and wine. Yeah, that's a, that's the only thing about like travel where you're only in like a city like a day or like two days it's like you want to maximize that you know time there so just food's like the best thing you know to experience a place yeah exactly and i was like okay you know what when i get back to shanghai then i'll go on this diet so i'm here for 30 days uh probably should have taken a before and after picture but actually you know what i i think i have a before picture because i was on a, a beach in um in Moyoka, yeah which i've never even heard of no no, no it's palma de Mallorca. it's like a independent country or island off of spain mm-hmm. and it turns out it's actually really popular europeans so like germans and swedish mm-hmm. like they all go there because it's easy for them yeah but i don't i think no americans i know have heard of it yeah i've never heard of that place yeah. either but the the so the biggest benefit of the cruise was it brought me to places that I never would have went to on my own because we went to like six countries in twelve days and you know places like like Belgium I've been like you know I think most people probably mm-hmm. I don't know I, I went there once um, earlier this summer for like the beer and chocolate mm-hmm. but then we went to a different part of it, it Bruges which is pretty cool and then we went to Port- back to Portugal to Lisbon and that was the only place I've been before and I love Lisbon so I would I was able to show like my parents around um, and then I think that was the only like day trip I went with them. All, mm. all the other days I told I told them as like hey go with my sister like mm. go on package tour you know go mm. on one of these like sightseeing um, buses where they just like take you around yeah I'm just gonna do my own thing yeah and, but in Lisbon because I've been there I was able to show them around show them like the beaches and basically everything. be their tour guide for yeah. the place yeah and that was fun um, my mom actually said that that was like the best trip um, nice out of the, the 12 that she did um, but then you know, the problem is I couldn't do that anywhere else because I, I didn't know the area you didn't know the area yeah so that was cool it's all like this place called Gibraltar, which is in Spain, but it's British. So is it like owned by the? I don't, I don't yeah, get it. It's oh, like so. this, yeah, it's this like weird thing that happened, I guess, hundreds of years ago, where England it's like an English territory, mm. in like, but like right next, like inside of Spain. That's, just, that's weird. I never heard of a yeah. place being inside an actual country. Yeah, anymore. and they're so patriotic about it. So I got there, and there's pictures of it on my blog, but everybody's wearing red and white, which is the <laughs> colors, uh, and it happened to be like their national day as yeah. well. And the whole city is just like people like say how proud they are to be British that's funny it's like in the, in the middle of Spain in the middle of Spain yeah um, Spain actually tried to take them back a few times and, oh, then, and I think every time I don't think there was like at least not in recent years it wasn't like a war or oh, anything yeah. it was but just like, like more like a political and just banter and just yeah, back and forth but, but they, they failed um, so, so Amsterdam was the first day I want to say Amsterdam is overhyped is it? it's it, it is nice. I think anyone who's never been anywhere else or like if you go to Amsterdam, you'll have the time of your life. Especially if you're into the extracurricular activities yeah. they have out there. <laughs> Especially if you want to smoke some weed and see the red light district. Exactly. <laughs> 
But I think that like for the money, I would rather take the same amount of money that you would have spent in Amsterdam in like four days mm-hmm. and be able to travel for four weeks in another European city. Yeah, and in one of those off places that you never heard of kind of place. Yeah, you know, uh, anywhere in like, let's say like Portugal, mm-hmm. like Lisbon or um, Porto the North or anywhere in, in Poland or Ukraine, you know, these places you can go and you can literally travel for a month for what you would spend in four days in Africa. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, all in Europe. It's like the European yeah. lifestyle. And like, to me, like, place, you know, Amsterdam is beautiful. There's lots to do. It's cool. It's good food. Mm-hmm. But there's also, you know, good food and cool things to do in these other countries, you know? Yeah. So I would say that I would... I would skip unless you only had four days. But in that case, you probably not listen to this podcast anyways. <laughs> um, Belgium was cool for their, their chocolate and beer. Uh, so Spain, have you been to Spain? No, I've not been to Europe before, no. So Spain, I actually... I actually really like it. I didn't think I would like it because mm-hmm. in my mind, Spain was like Barcelona. Yeah. Uh, and and you Madrid. Know, and Madrid. Spain, and I always hear it's overcrowded. There's pickpockets everywhere. Like it just, and like I hate places like that. Yeah. Right? But the places I went to, I went to like these smaller like port, port towns. And I was like, you know what? I think if you go to Spain, you go to the beaches, it's actually really nice. Mm-hmm. Like it's not too crowded. Um, I didn't have any problems with like, I didn't see anyone getting pickpocket or anything. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very different from like the big cities. Uh, let's see and I, I basically I'm just scrolling through my post on uh, on johnnyfd.com because I, I I basically daily blogged for 12 days <laughs> I was there did you know oh did you put on like your like the YouTube uh, I made a couple of videos on my YouTube but on johnnyfd.com mm. I wrote it so I'm kind of just scrolling through trying to remember where I went because there's so like so many places uh, but anyways Mallorca I think I'm gonna come back there next summer because it is the, like the, one of the nicest beaches I've been to have you have you been in the beaches da- uh, down south here yeah I've been Thailand? To, yeah I've been which ones did you like? Um, I was, you know, Krabi in Koh Penang, I think. Yeah, that was it. So, Thai, like, Thailand has amazing beaches, beautiful white sand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just, like, crowded. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's You know what? If, if you think the beaches in Thailand are crowded, man, you would hate a lot of Europe. Oh, I bet. I mean... So, I this place wasn't actually that crowded because it was a weekday in Palma, Mallorca. But it's still, if you look at this photo, there's actually still, like, quite a bit of people. Yeah. Uh, I would say I didn't really mind because half the people here were topless girls. Oh, nice. I mean, yeah, that's all part of the scenery too, you know? <laughs> yeah, so I was like, okay, that's fine. You, you, you could sit next to me. Yeah. But the water was so clean. There was not a single piece of garbage on, on the entire beach, which nice. to me is amazing compared to like places like Malaysia or mm-hmm. Bali even. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even Thailand now is getting like a little yeah, bit more, yeah. more dirty. So that I really liked. And I really liked how there's nobody on the beach selling anything, but right behind it, there's like shops where you can like you know, buy whatever you want. So I actually went there without even any any board shorts and I had to buy a pair mm-hmm. uh, oh, at so one of the shops. Yeah, everything's pretty much like yeah. accessible from there. Yeah. But nobody's like passing you on the beach. So to me, like that's like the perfect combination, you know? Like some people dream of having like a secluded beach mm-hmm. all to yourself with nothing there. But the problem is after like an hour and you're thirsty, you're like, if you didn't bring any water, you're screwed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, if you get hungry, you know, and you you didn't like prepare, then you're screwed. So here's like to me, and I think beaches are like a very subjective thing. So I don't want to say this is like for everyone, but for me, it's like that perfect balance. Yeah, so they're not like hounding you and like, Kind of just like trying to get as mo- most out of you. Yeah, I can't stand that. And I think it's like the Spanish are like really laid back. Where like they almost like don't really care. Like they're, they're like permanent siesta. You know, mm-hmm. awesome that late chill blue that kind of lifestyle. Yeah, I like yeah. that. And what's funny and it's a bit annoying is siesta is a real thing. Is it? Yeah. So every day between I think like two and like five, sh- like stores just shut down. Just like people just straight up napping. Yeah, they just like they go home and sleep, or I don't know what they do. But if 
And the problem is, like, that's the time that you you are out yeah. trying to buy something, right? Yeah, especially if you're like a tourist or something like that. Yeah, everything just closed. Like, they put up the gates. You know, I was trying to get a SIM card, mm-hmm. and people were like lined up at like four fifty, like for it to open back up again. Even restaurants, some like not every restaurant, but like a lot of restaurants close because they're like, oh, it's not lunch anymore, so they close from yeah, like so they don't think anyone else is gonna eat during yeah. that time. And I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm like, there's nothing to do in your city. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least you have like a night, good nightlife, and yeah. Yeah, if you if you like staying up super late, yeah. then places like that are great. But like, I don't know. For me, like, I don't like go having dinner at like eleven p.m. Mm. Uh, but that's what you end up doing sometimes, just because there's nothing else to do. So Italy, I, I'm gonna write a, a blog post about that uh, in the next couple of days. Mm. But Italy surprised me. Did it? It was amazing. Like, what part of Italy were you? Uh, uh, going to? So I went to Pisa, and then I went to Rome. Uh, so Pisa, uh, you pretty much just go there for the Leaning, leaning Tower. Yeah. A photo of it just here. The, you yeah, know, the you got to do the, 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 the whole cheesy photo. Yeah, cheese photo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but good gelato, you know, nice place. But uh, Rome, which I'm going to write about on my blog this week, it was one of those places where it's so overcrowded, so many people, yeah. pickpockets. Yeah. But it was so amazing that it's worth it. What, what, was it like the, the scenery or just like the... Like it's the architecture, the food. Mm-hmm. Like it's so amazing, man. Like I don't, like, not, like when I say architecture, I'm not I'm not like looking at the... You know, like I don't know if, I don't know specifically about architecture, but just all the buildings just Yeah, just how so like the amazing. whole atmosphere is. Yeah, I would... Okay, so the easiest way to describe it would be um, like in the middle of the the you know pretty much wherever you walk, mm-hmm. you have like these old like high like like stuff that is worth like millions of dollars. Yeah, you know these old buildings, and instead of it being in a museum behind like four inches of glass, it's yeah. just there. It's just there. You can just like touch it. It's like you know? straight up real history, and just like on there. They just have so much stuff that they don't need to like you know put it behind like a rope. Mm-hmm. They're just like whatever. We just have yeah. it. You know? It's already built in. Yeah, and it, there's so much history. Like the everything is so big. You know, like it's so gigantic. I, I can't even explain it. It's like compared to a monument that you see anywhere else in the world, it is like 10 times the size. And you're just like, man, you know, and there's places that like aren't even, you know, aren't even like tourist spots. Mm-hmm. That you just look at it like, man, this was in another city. Yeah, so like everywhere is pretty much Everywhere is beautiful. Yeah. And the food is so good, man. Like yeah. if you're not on a diet. Carbs the, all the way. <laughs> the pasta is so good, dude. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just like stop at this random place I, I'll write about this in the blog post just so people have like directions and stuff but like I had I just randomly like found a place called like Pasta Mora or something mm. and their pasta like they, they, they talk about al dente yeah. which is like perfectly, perfectly cooked noodles I've never tasted al dente like truly until sure. there you know like everywhere else like like oh like oh it's good pasta but this place is like fuck man yeah now I'm, I'm starting to crave some Italian food yeah uh, but no more Italian food for me I'm back in Chiang Mai back on the diet getting the routine yeah going the grind and I like it <sighs> man hey, I can't believe that's almost an hour yeah dang <laughs> time flies right time flies I don't think we even went over the <laughs> being an Asian American kind of aspect of it oh yeah you know what? I keep forgetting that yeah, I know that's like that's, that's weird See, just going over these conversations so I want to say that like I forget sometimes Mm-hmm. You know, until like other Asian American guys would come up to yeah. me and say, "Hey, you know, Johnny, thank you for like inspiring me as like an Asian American." Yeah. And I keep forgetting. Not that I forget that I'm Asian. Yeah, but but because I never talk about it, I kind of just like don't assume that other people like even realize mm-hmm. it or like it's a factor. But I guess it is, right? Yeah. No, I definitely. For me, um, 
it really just resonated because Johnny's story is, I think, a really universal story as being a, like a second or third generation American uh, being raised in the States. You know, your parents come from this impoverished country just trying to find a better life. You know, I mean, it works for any like immigrant family, but I think Asian, the mentality that you have is that you're given the responsibility to work hard, go to school and then have a nice, a good job with security and support, you know, your family. So you don't have to worry like about your future. And um, what Johnny, like his, how his life like turned out, he did that, but didn't follow that, you know, um, traditional path that most of us are taught now yeah well i did follow that path well i mean yeah he did but like he yeah like later on in life i mean like change it up yeah, yeah. change it up because how would it i mean it's a, it's a similar story for a lot of people i mean you go to school do get good grades go to good college get a job rise up in the ranks in the corporate world have a nice pension and retire off of that once you're like 60 whatever i don't even know what the age now is but um and from there just coast and rinse and repeat but i mean if anything's told you about our last decade nothing's secure and you have to be changing as the world is changing you know but i, I do think that being like growing up with that asian like the asian american mentality has a lot of benefits when it comes to like learning how to bootstrap oh mm-hmm, no, yeah it definitely does i mean like an asian like the mentality you're taught is just you try to find the value in everything you even if you can get it more conveniently you still try to find save as many pennies as possible no matter how much you're making really yeah it's funny because so my, my income has gone up like significantly since i've been living in chiang mai mm-hmm. so four years ago i was making you know pretty zero yeah and then i was making like 600 bucks a month then a thousand bucks a month and then twenty six thousand dollars a month right yeah and from that shift like not that much has changed. Like my spending habits. I think when I'm in Europe, I was spending a lot more. But when I'm in Chiang Mai, like I'm still living in the same place now that I was when I was making like let's say five thousand dollars a mm-hmm. month because this place is only like four hundred something bucks, you know. So, but I love it. Like there's like pretty much like nothing that I don't want to change. Like I come back here, and I'm so happy. Yeah, you really you know? don't have anything to worry really worry about. Yeah, like food wise, I'm still eating at places that cost thirty baht or fifty baht, which is like a dollar dollar fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Just the value here is just so just like, I don't know anywhere else, probably like somewhere in like South America. But I mean, the quality that you get out of here is just it's not that much different back home. It's just that like you're not paying that premium. Yeah. And I think like that, I just like enjoy value. And I was mm-hmm. talking to my buddy Chris about this and it's hard to explain. I, I don't know if other people like understand it as much as, as we do. Yeah. Like being Asian American, I think that's kind of the mentality, but also being like a guy, we just like love value. Yeah. Like no, it definitely. just makes me happy. Yeah. For me, it's just like, it's the same as if you were getting paid like money just cause you're, I don't know, taking, taking advantage of the opera, like whatever, just the... But not even like taking, I don't oh, say yeah, taking not advantage. Not taking advantage, but just like seizing the opportunity of just getting that. You know, you're getting more than you're giving. You know, kind of thing. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it sounds kind of bad, but I mean, I, I think growing up, because a lot of times, I mean, you, you're giving me. I'm like the youngest child, so I was given all the hand me downs, and like everything was like the off brand of something. It's not. It was like not the brand of it, but it was like the off brand just to save a couple bucks. But yeah, you know, I, I I never bought my first pair of Nikes until a month ago. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. So growing up, never never could afford Nikes. So I would always buy like high tech, yeah, or like whatever they sold so at random, uh, yeah, yeah, just like whatever like pay, was pay for less or something, just like whatever's on sale. Yeah, whatever was at Big Five in the weekly advertisement. Same, yeah, pretty much. That was how my life was like up until high school. My parents were just like once once a year getting a pair of shoes from Big Five, whatever those on sale, and that was it. Like and go to Marshalls or Ross to get my school's clothes because I I think my parents like why would you pay full price if you can get it cheaper? You know. And yeah. That's, so. Uh, 
what's actually ironic is I think that pair of Nikes I bought, I actually went, I bought two pairs in the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. And I, I threw out the first pair. I gave it to the most homeless guy. Why did you just, oh, you just giving them. I didn't realize they were, they were so narrow. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. And Nike, they like, yeah. they're actually bad for your feet. Yeah. And I actually, I think I want to write, write a blog post about this because Nikes or any, or just narrow shoes in general, they're so bad for your feet that. It like and, and the reason why I noticed it right away is because I was doing these walking tours mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. where you'd be like or I'm like walking around a new city yeah and like you go home and your feet like you know are cramped together yeah. and like it it's it's bad for your posture it's bad for your back it's bad for your knees like people don't like realize that like the benefits of having either barefoot type shoes or like properly fitting like shoes have you ever tried like Adidas like because right now Adidas is just killing it with the comfort game on the shoes yeah well yeah. all my shoes now are, are uh, Adidas yeah yeah, and what, yeah I was so pissed because. So what happened was I was in uh where was I? I think I was in Lisbon and I was and I was wearing a pair of um a, a, like Adidas that I bought in Chiang Mai for like fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. And they were fine, right? Yeah. But because I travel light and I have this thing where every time I buy something, I give something away. Just so I'm not like constantly having extra stuff, right? Mm. So I walked into a Nike store, bought a pair of Nike Freeze, which were supposed to be like their minimal style. Yeah. And I walked outside and I gave my Adidas to this homeless guy. And, you know, he was happy he got yeah. it. Put on the, you know, I was wearing the Nikes. I was like, oh, these are awesome. Yeah. And then like... You know, that day, like, I felt like, you know, after four hours of walking, I was like, man, these are really tight. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, they'll, they'll get looser. They'll get, yeah, break in kind of thing. So a couple of days later, I'm like, man, this is still, like, really mm-hmm. bad, you know? Yeah. And then I went on their Nike website and I realized you can order, custom order, like, extra wide shoes. Mm-hmm. So I spent 150 bucks ordering the custom wide That's ones. Wide. And then I got those and then I gave away my the other Nikes, Nikes <laughs> even though they were, like, less than a month old, yeah. you know? I gave I gave those to go away some dude to the bus stop, mm. and then I would start wearing these extra wide ones. Yeah, but dude, they're still they're like, still yeah, they're still pretty narrow. Even the widest ones are really narrow. I don't know what's with Nike on that. That's why I just pretty much just wear Adidas. You know, just whatever's like a sock like kind of fit some boost, and that's it. Because my feet are really wide too. It's like okay. it's I, I I had that problem with Nikes. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to get rid of these Nikes as well. I'm gonna go back to Adidas. So. Yeah, no. Adidas. Shout out yeah. to, to Adidas. It's, it's where it's at for the comfort. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for the white feet. Yep. Yeah. Um random tangent we went on, but <laughs> <was> just <laughs> But you know what? I like this stuff because these are like things that we sh- you know, when people share like their, their knowledge, you know, and their experiences with other people, it's mm. like, it, it saves us. Like if somebody let's say I listened to some podcast where somebody was talking about how Nike's, you know, even the extra wide are too narrow and about for your feet. I I never would have spent, you know, two hundred fifty bucks buying two pairs and yeah. getting rid of them, you know? Yeah, definitely. So this is exactly the reason why I like having this podcast is people mess up. We, we all mess up yeah. and then we learn from it and we share it with the next person. Yeah. For me, I think when I was started listening to this podcast, that's what I kind of liked about it. It wasn't just, yes, it's about business, about how do you um, grow, grow a business and live the freedom lifestyle, but it's also about just life in general, you know, how to improve your life to the fullest, you know, don't go, you can hear about other people's mistakes and their successes and it just, you know, humbles you and then, you know, just teaches you you know there are other ways to live All right, so not to put you on the spot but are there mm-hmm. any like any things that you've either learned from or any lessons uh that you want to share with other people mistakes you've made or like thing tips that you've learned you know somewhere else that you're like this this really helped me um for me i think don't fear failure or rejection. Um, what all you can do is what you can do. What, what is what you can control, and that's yourself. You know, improve yourself. Whether it's in relationships, uh, business, just having you know, just I don't know, just overall good well-being. If you feel like 
good yourself, life will come after that, you know? I like it. You know what? That is solid advice, man. I, I really believe that. Yeah. And, yeah, and especially just for, I think, a lot of people around my age. I mean, this is, if I were to be in school right now, this would be my senior year. And this is like the time where a lot of people are questioning, you know, what they want to do or like where to take life from here on because this is the real world from now on, you know? And I just had to say, just like I said, just life is a marathon. It's not a race to be whoever, to who has the nicest car, who has, you know, uh, the whole, you know, shebang back home. But just have hey, I saw that firsthand, man. I I, um, I was lucky enough to hang out with a bunch of multimillionaires, mm-hmm. and but I was at that wedding in Ukraine. Yeah, and I could for sure I could t- I could tell you guys this that like having more money and having less time is not worth. It. Yeah, like I think I really think that the kind of digital nomad lifestyle where we are achieving freedom of time first and then having enough passive income yeah. where we can pay, you know do what we want to do yeah. is way better than having just a ton of money and not having time yeah money is just a tool time is not you can't gain that back you know yeah because like a couple of the guys I, I met you know i was like oh you know you know what are your plans now they're like oh like i gotta leave first in the morning because i gotta i gotta go to this meeting or i gotta do this i gotta do this i gotta do this and i'm like man isn't that tiring you know and he's like yeah luckily i have a private jet now but even then it's still like i'm always stressed out i'm always flying back and forth yeah you're just chasing for some more time that's it i mean <laughs> that's why I'm just coming to Chiang Mai you know do this kind of thing and you know free up some time <laughs> live like a millionaire Real, on, yeah. m- on what a million bot <laughs> Less? a million bot yeah that's all you guys need right yeah it's not it's not and it's really not that it's not like some far off thing it's yeah. like Johnny said it's not a uh, it's it's paid it's been paved it's not uncharted anymore and this is this is like 21st century 2016 set on to 17 I like it alright guys thank you guys so much for listening uh, I'm glad we're back and now that I'm back in Chiang Mai promise you there's gonna be weekly episodes again because just like meeting Harold today there yeah. are so many people I like I meet on a daily basis here that have a great story to share that we can learn from uh, in fact the other guy sitting in punt space I want to interview him next week yeah because he's crushing it as well so uh, good job and yeah, I appreciate it. I'm honored to be on here man it's just it's it's I don't know for me like I see myself, you know, hopefully in a couple of years, just be where you're at and then hopefully more, you know? And you know what? People are listening right now are thinking, man, I want to be where Harold's at. Yeah. You know? And how possible is it? It's not, it's just, it's easy as just booking a ticket, you know, just taking that leap of faith. Honestly. I like it. So hope to see you guys out here and uh, peace out. See you next week. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.